I am way beyond a fanatic. I'm God-possessed. Get it straight. There ain't a demon on the planet that likes Mark Barclay anymore. If that's you, clap and shout one. Say, I am God-possessed. You better get ready. Did you bring a Bible? What a tremendous day to be a Christian, and I hope you are one, and if not, ask the Lord to come live in you right now. Call us, and we'll tell you what to do next. And you can change your eternity and your destiny forever. Please do it. Plus, you'll never be sorry that you walked with God and beat all this darkness, all this evil, and be able to live a good life while you're on this planet. Right now, we're in a series called Breaking Soul Ties. I'll hold it up for you in case you want to get it. I recommend that everybody everywhere has this series and listens to it over and again. Why? Because soul ties seem to be one of the number one things that the enemy uses. You get a wrong tied soul to another, it's disastrous. Plus, in this series, we're teaching on how does a human stop from vexing his own soul. Most people live with a vexed soul. They kind of do it to themselves. There's a way out of that. I teach it in the series. And so I'll teach it here some on the telecast. I want, I, I want you to get it all. That's why I'm here. Pray for us, will you? If you can send a letter, a testimony. We love testimonies. Send some financial seed. You don't have to, but when you do, it's a great blessing. Get your Bible and get some notes and get ready. We're going to study the Bible, and it's going to be awesome on Soul Ties. Say, I believe everything that my Bible says, no matter what the devil says, no matter what people say, and no matter what my circumstances say, tonight I am a believer. Therefore, I'm a receiver, and I do believe that I will receive absolutely everything that God has for me tonight. In Jesus' name, say amen. I think we all clap again real good. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Well, we're um, teaching tonight on how to break soul ties and sever things that are connected to our soul. And I'd like you, turn, uh, like you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, we're going to talk about how to sever, cut, surgical, surgically, spiritually, surgically remove things that have lodged in your soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's only one real way to do this, and uh, one is to cut it out. And the, some things you just have to cut out. You got to cast it out. You got to get rid of it. And sometimes you can't do that without forgiveness. Say forgiveness. forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful surgical tools that we have to heal ourselves, to heal our soul, and to separate ourselves from people who, who are living in our soul. Now, there are some people that should be in your soul. Your, your, your lover, your spouse. Your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. These, these, they have a right to be part of your memory, part of your well-being, part of what you're feeling, seeing. And, and Yeah, sure, absolutely. They can share your heart 
and you can share your heart with them. Hallelujah. But other things, other people, you got to get them out of your heart. They got to go, man. They might be in the room with you. They might be where you work. They might be in your past. But you, if they're in your heart, you're, you're having issues. And th those issues will terribly ruin your garden. They will postpone you. And so we're going to talk about that tonight and ask God to help us. And then we're just going to pray when we're done and ask God for enough grace to forgive everybody, no matter how much we'd like to hurt them. Wouldn't it be more fun just to hurt them? Yeah. Just get even. But you can't do it. You're a Christian. So even though it'd be more fun, it's not the right Bible thing to do. All right. Mark 11. Here we go. Verse 24. Mark, where did I tell you? Yeah. Oh, you should have known better than that. How long have I been your pastor? Okay, I'm going to Mark. I'm sorry. Mark 11. I am going to Matthew, but later. Mark 11. I'll give you a second to get there. You know, like Matthew, Mark, so it shouldn't take you long. Matthew, Mark 11. This, is, this was Dr. Hagen's most famous Verses, I couldn't tell you how many times I heard uh, Dr. Hagen start his message on Mark 11, 23 and 24. So maybe we'll start in 22. How's that? And Jesus answering unto them, or said unto them, have faith in God. Say it out loud. Have faith in God. 23. For verily, or surely, I say unto you that whosoever... That's pretty strong talk. Yes, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, that's the barrier of life, that's the, that's the thing that's in front of you, that's the thing you can't seem to get rid of, the opposition, the mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, look at this now, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So you can't just go around yakking a lot. You've got to believe what you're saying. And after you say it, you've got to keep believing that what you just said is going to come to pass. 24, therefore, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 25. And when you stand praying, tell me what it says. Shout it at me really loud. If you have aught against any, oh. Normally, you don't have aught against any unless they help cause the aught. Isn't that right? Most people don't just sit around and say, I don't like that person. I think I'll hold a grudge against him. No, usually 99 and 9 tenths percent. The reason you're having problems with another person is because they lied to you. They betrayed you, deserted you, did you wrong, turned something against you, stole from you. You know, something. There's some wrongdoing. Ought means some wrongdoing. There's a violation. Now, Jesus knew this would happen, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. The most famous prayer. Remember his disciples said, teach us how to pray? And what did he teach them? Our Father, 
which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you know it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, so right in the midst of your great God and give us food and drink and money, we're supposed to forgive. That's what he said. Yeah, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're great. You're God. That's what we're saying. Right? Give us this day our daily bread. That's money, man. That's a job. Daily bread means pay the bills, put some food on the table, man. Right? Let your will be done in my life. Here on the earth, man, God, just like it is in heaven. Yeah, right in the midst of all that. Then he says, forgive us. One version says debts. One uh, gospel says, forgive us our debts as we forgive the debtors. The other one says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. A trespass is a violation. You cross the line. Right. Now, we got to declare something here before we go much deeper. The Lord's not talking about your little insecure feelings. That every time somebody looks at you wrong, you get your will feelings hurt. You're supposed to grow up, not live in a 20, 30, 40-some-year-old body, and still have the heart of an 11-year-old that got offended because Dad said, shut down and shut up. Be quiet. Thank you for your enthusiasm about my message tonight. See? So a trespass isn't you get being touchy or, or someone looked at you wrong or they walked by you because they're thinking or they're busy or something and they didn't wink, pat you on the back, so you think you're being rejected. See, these, this, is, this is a whole different category. That's why I want to point this out. This is not people transgressing against you or trespassing, going too far. This is just you being touchy, immature, you know, inferior feeling. And you got, that's a whole different thing than what we're going to talk about tonight. Though that is a thing, and we have talked about this. In fact, I spent a one, I, I, this is number six time we've uh, talked about soul ties and what to do about them. And one night... I, I, I don't know, man, I probably, I probably spent 40-some minutes just talking about things inside of you, and your view of yourself, and get, get your feelings in line, man. So tonight, when we're talking about severing other people from your heart, and we're going to talk about forgiveness, uh, we're not talking again about you didn't get your own way, you didn't like what, what they had to say, and you're touchy about it. See that? You got to grow up in that. You got to deal with that. Remember, hurt feelings are nothing more than a violation of personal pride. In other words, it's your problem. If, you, if, you're, if you're arrogant, someone's always going to bug you, not salute you high enough. We don't blow a trumpet loud enough when you come in the room. But that's not us trespassing you. Now, Jesus said, if your brother, sister, fellow Christian... If he sins against you, what, who knows this? What are you supposed to do if someone sins against you? Jesus said, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him for it, quote, unquote. If he repents, forgive him for it. If he doesn't, take it up a notch. 
kick it up a notch. But see, most people miss the rebuke him part. How does your brother know he trespassed against you? Trespassed against you? How does he know he violated you? If he, if he crushed you and you walk away, you go back a week later, two weeks later, a month later and say, well, you really hurt my feelings the other day. And you know what he'll say? What are you talking about? Oh, don't play that with me. You meant to hurt me. You did that on purpose. Did what on purpose? See, this was meant to be Christianity was meant to be an adult-level situation. Now, I know there's a verse that says you got to be like little children, but that's talking about your belief in God, not your behavior in the sanctuary. Give someone a high five and say, man, did he just nail you with that? But there are things that, there's things that can happen. People do cross the line. Sometimes they get mad, they're hurt. Or sometimes they don't, they, 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 you trip the trigger, man. You trip the lever. And their response to you was heated, fast, sharp. Now remember, the Bible says, what a forest fire. Book of James. What a forest fire your tongue can cause with one little spark, one little response, and then walk away. So you got to remember, so I want to keep you zeroed in on this. Not everybody's going to worship you, think you're the hottest thing in the church. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to think you're the most awesome person they've ever met. Your ideas are just golden. They wish they were born like you to your family. Now, there's some people around here that think that in their head. And if you think that in your head, then when people are around you, you feel offended or put out because they don't, you know, I don't know what the right word is. They don't, uh, they don't kiss you on the cheek and they don't, you know, hula, wala, mula, mula, hala, wala, hala. You're the great one among us, see? And then you get your little feelings hurt, or you get turned sideways, or you begin to say, nobody loves me. I have no friends here. Man, we talked about that this morning. Well, then what is this forgiveness stuff all about? It's about your brother or sister who did you wrong. They violated your space. What's that mean? They messed with your husband or wife. They messed with your kids. They stole something from you. They set you up. They set a snare for you to fall into. They tailbared. They gossiped against you to pull friends away from you. Oh, man, I can give a list of about 5,000 things if you want to spend all evening here of what people do to other people that the Bible would call a, a, a legitimate trespass that you really did hurt your brother. Now, we better talk about this for a minute. Sometimes you and I, we get our feelings hurt or we, you know, get kind of turned sideways or put out with somebody, something they did, something they said, something you heard they said. But you know, the Bible says a fool utters his whole mind. But a wise man keeps it in till it's all over with. Let me give you the definition. When you hear something and you see something and you don't have the definition yet, don't jump to conclusions and start yakking about it. You know, someone comes to you and says, do you hear what so-and-so said about you? No, I didn't. Well, do you want to? It shocks them if you say no. If so-and-so said something about me and they wanted me to know it, they would have told me, right. not you. They wanted you to know it, not me, unless you are known among us as a traveler. 
a trafficker. That if we just, if, 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 if brother so-and-so tells you something, he knows it's going to go through the ranks in about three days and somebody's going to come and call me because he doesn't have enough guts to just tell me. So he's going to run the little, the little oval track here and make sure that I'm in the loop of it somewhere. You ever hear the word clicks? You know what they are? They're little groupies. Just little groupies. They have something in common. And usually it's good. And uh, they cross the line because they share information that other people shouldn't know about you. Then it's a violation. Amen. See, now we don't do this here, man with woman, woman with man in the ministry. We, we don't do that. But just to illustrate, if I assign somebody to one of these men here, ushers, security, to take my Vicky around town to run some errands and provide, you know, some help, whether it's security or whatever it is, uh, there's no violation in that. Now, we don't do one man with one woman just for the sake of the, of the picture, the talk. No appearance of any wrongdoing. However, uh, there'd be probably nothing really wrong with it. But just because you're driving my wife around and you're running in and out of the stores and you're providing some help doesn't mean you get to cross the line and start, start treating her, talking to her, flirting with her, holding her hand, or expecting that you can because you're on duty with her that now you have some special access to her. Right? right? So for you to help me help her is not a trespass. It's a blessing. But if you cross the line, if this gets goofed up, and it goofs up your feelings and your perspective, you'll start misinterpreting things that people say. Before you know it, you think it's flirtation. Or you think, what are they really saying to me? What's, what's between the lines? Now you're trespassing. The Bible's clear on this. If your brother, sister, crosses the line, if they literally trespass against you, if they sin against you, you're supposed to rebuke them. That doesn't mean kill them, stab them, shoot them, throw them out of the car at 45 miles an hour and watch them bounce. Does it? I'd like a better amen on that, please. Right? You're scaring me for a minute. No, it just means that you've got to let them know. Rebuke means set you straight. Hey, don't, don't say that like that again. What are you saying to me? How do you want me to interpret that? Because if you don't, if there, isn't, if there isn't some sharp, hold it right there, then that other person doesn't know that, that maybe that they crossed the line. Maybe they didn't do it intentionally. Maybe, don't, maybe they don't know that's a line that you have. See, the other problem when you talk about severing people out of your soul and getting rid of them, not out of your life, out of your soul, and or forgiveness, which is similar, we have to make a determination here, always, all day long, all the rest of your life. Did they really mean to do that, and do they know they did it? Because a hurt feeling or a disappointment or a feeling of rejection is always accusative. It's never cushioning. It's always accusative. In other words, your immediate response is, well, they hurt me. Well, they said that. Well, they're not for me. Well, they're, they're, they're moving against me. See, that's your mind, man. That's your soul getting all oblonged and weirded out. And how do you know they, they, 
meant to do. It's like, I've illustrated this before. It's like this guy, I guess I offended him. So I asked him, I said, well, man, honestly, I did not mean to do that. And uh, I asked you to forgive me. He goes, you did too mean it. It's like, who's living in here, me or you? Isn't it amazing? I said, no, 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 wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I don't want to argue with you. I want to ask you to forgive me. But how do you know what's in here? You don't live in this. I live in here. It isn't your soul talking right now. It's my soul. I'm telling you, my brother, I honestly did not mean to offend you. I I actually am not sure how yet I offended you. Seriously. What did I do that, that cut you so deep, man? Oh, don't play that game with me. You know you meant it. No, I don't know I meant it because I didn't mean it. And if I meant it, shouldn't I know it? Yeah, I should. But see, a lot of times people bounce back, see, and, they, and, and you don't have that opportunity to shut the door on it because their offense. You know, the, the Bible says it's easier maybe to win the whole city than it is to restore relationship with someone who truly, honestly has offended you, has committed offense against you. Now, again, I'm talking about your little hurt feelings. Still listening? Now, why is this so important, Brother Barkley? Jesus said, when we stand praying to forgive. I mean, it starts out big. Have faith in God. Stand up there and talk to that mountain. Get out of here and believe your God will do it. Then all of a sudden it ends up with a, when you stand to pray, you ever notice the stand word? Why not when I kneel to pray? Why not when I sit to pray? Why does it mean stand? Because when you stand to pray, you're making declarations. That's why I played the young man earlier. He was, he was standing up, man. He's making a stand. He's on his feet. He's at attention. And he's meaning business with this. Jesus said, when you get to that kind of prayer, not the fall on your face, weeping before God, though that's good. Uh, you know, knelt before God in human. This is when that part's done and you stand and you're decreeing to this mountain. Now I am right with God. You get out of my way. Awesome. That's when he said, when you stand to exercise that kind of authority, you forgive. Forgiveness could actually be one of the most difficult tasks that ever faces a human. You got to really work at being a forgiver. Do you know what forgive means? The word for means first or before. The word give means give, give up, give in. That's why it's so hard, man. That's why it's so difficult. Well, I'll say I'm sorry after they say they're sorry. Well, I don't mind meeting with them, and we'll have a little peace table, you know, like two countries at war, and we'll negotiate this, and as long as they admit what they've done, I'll forgive them. You know, there's no verse in there that says you don't forgive them until they admit what they've done. That's a different deal taking it to the church and the leadership of the church. If it's a church spreadable matter, a lot of you bring stuff to us that's none of our business, and that's why we don't jump in and become referees in your lives. It's not a church matter. It's not a pastoral matter. It's between you and somebody else. Are you this quiet because you're listening? Or 
or what? Now, this verse here says, if you want to look at it, you can. Maybe you should. In, the, in Psalm 66, turn there, please. Psalm, the 66th Psalm. Hallelujah. Turn quick. Come on. 66th Psalm. This is, this is only one of the reasons, but this is one of the reasons why when you stand to be authoritative in the spirit realm and pray, you have to be a forgiver. You've got to give in first. You've got to make sure that you gave up the battle first. Not for the sake of the other person, for your sake. When you forgive somebody, it's not for their sake as much as it is for your sake to set yourself up properly, praise God. Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, Now, most Bible scholars believe that most of the time when you see the word heart, it's not talking about your blood pumper heart. It's talking about your spirit and your soul together, they say, makes up your heart. If Remember I taught you in this series, humans, you're a spirit man. All humans are spirits. You live in a body and you have a soul, feelings your soul or your feelings, your desire, your intellect, your reasoning, your volition, which is your willpower, your lust, your choices, your dreams, all of that is not in your spirit. It's in your soul. That's why it's so important that you work on your soul or you keep, you know, flapping all the levers and pushing all the buttons to live a miserable life and stay introverted and pull back and always be offended by somebody. absolutely love bringing the Word of God to you like this. I hope you were able to watch the entire broadcast. If not, jump on our website and make sure you know when the next one's on in the next station. We're all over the place on television and you can come visit us if you want. There's information on the website about that as well. I want to remind you to get our series. That's what we're teaching on. How to break wrong soul ties. Once you tie a soul to a soul, it becomes extremely difficult to break that thing. That's why a lot of people, though they're good people, they live wrong, they get in a lot of trouble, they live in depression and darkness, they can't figure out what's going on. And it could be also, besides the soul tie, they are vexing their own soul. The Bible talks about this. We've been talking about it in the television series, but you can get it and go in even deeper. So order it now. Call in. Get it. You know what to do. Get on the website bookstore. Uh, breaking Soul Ties. you got to have it. I pray you know my Jesus. And if not, accept him right now. Say, Lord, come live in me. Come live in me. Change me. Redeem me. Change my path from damnation to eternal salvation. He'll do it. He turns nobody away. Then call upon us. We don't want anything from you. We'll help you. Tell everybody you know 
about the telecast, about the ministry. Send a seed when you can, and I will see you on the next telecast. Amen. <laughs>